to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So, let's live our best lives, one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. Hi everybody, we are so glad you're here today. Welcome to episode 61 of the Life Lessons Podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm doing wonderful. Me too. How was your Christmas? You know, it's been really nice. We're recording this Gosh, a month before it comes out. We're a month, almost a month. I'm asking you old news by this Old news, yeah. We're we're a month before, but tomorrow I'm going to get Cal and Kate. They're in Atlanta right now, and I'm going to pick them up in Atlanta. They flew over from San Francisco, but they wanted to spend some time in Atlanta. They're hanging out with Cal's old roommate from Georgia Tech, and then they're going to come here and spend some time with us. So finally, Christmas will be complete. fun. Yeah, it's been a year since you've seen them, right? I know it, it. It has. It's been a year because it's you know it's been a year of not really traveling and mm-hmm. again and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. That's been since last Christmas, which is just astonishing. We we talk all the time. That's the thing, though, with modern technology. Yes, we talk all the time. So it doesn't feel like it's been a year, but it has. Yeah. Do you guys Facetime? We don't Facetime. We send a lot of like we text a lot. Yeah. So I FaceTime with my son quite a bit. I FaceTimed with him on New Year's or Christmas Eve. He's so funny. 22 year old, I was going to say 22 year old boys, but they're men, I guess, at 22. Look, I know my, you know, Will is also (laughs) 22. So they're so funny. He calls me and I know he wants to talk to me, but he's like so like lounging in bed or. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So not like up and. Yeah, I'm usually up doing something, cooking dinner while I'm chatting with him. He's laying in bed being lazy. and I mean, he works hard, but... Did I mention that Will has moved back in here for a while? Did I tell you that? Uh, You told me that. You haven't mentioned anything on the podcast. I didn't know if I had, but he was lonely living by himself. This is, I guess, the stages of adulting. The first stage is you're living at home and you're like sneaking around doing a, right. you know, things you shouldn't be doing, whatever. Then the, you move out and then you could do whatever you want. Right. And then after you've been doing that for a while, you're like, well, this is it totally loses boring. its glow. It's, exactly. <laughs> All the things, the fun of living by yourself is now over. He's yep. like, I'm just really bored and I'm kind of sad and I don't have anything to do. And I'm like, well, come home. So he's brought his cat. So Pepper is here. You know, it's so funny. People Uh, say all the time, like, you should be comfortable being alone and blah, 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 blah. I mean, I can be alone. It's just not mm -hmm. my preference. If I was not married, I would have to have a roommate. Well, he was lonely. When your child was like, I'm lonely, I'm like, come home. And we were holding out on the cat because, you know, we've got our cats and they're old and set in their ways. And Pepper is nine months old and he is bad. I love him. He's so sweet. But all he wants to do is play. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how to be a friend to other cats, so he's trying to learn. <laughs> so far, Ringo has taught him how to growl. 
Oh. Will said he never growled before, and now he growls a lot. Yeah. I don't know what a cat growl sounds like. Uh, oh, I, yeah. oh, I got gotcha. you. growl. Okay. Ringo is really not happy. Ringo. And he just wants to play with Ringo, and he's like, Ringo, I love you. And Ringo's oh, like, Oh, see? I feel like Ringo would play. No, no. Ringo's not into playing. No, not anymore. He's All not right. wanting to play. Ellie's playing with him some. Yeah. Lucy's just nuts. Is Ellie being a mama to him? Well, you know, she like sniffed his ear and licked it the other day. So there's a little <laughs> bit of that. But he is a little bit more rambunctious. Do you know what he did? He jumped down from our balcony onto the top of the china cabinets that we have. And then he couldn't get down. Oh. He was like was stuck. Too high. Well, at least he's smart enough to know not to jump that high. Because those are like six feet tall. I had to get up on a chair to get him down. Yeah. So I'm afraid he's going to like jump from the whole balcony. And anyway. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you might hear growling at any moment, but it's it's like having a little child around. He also <laughs> climbs the Christmas tree. So that's fun. Anything new going on with you? No, not really. I'm loving that we're having warm weather in the south in yeah. December. It's yeah. oh, so amazing. But I feel like we're going to pay for it later. Well, I would like to see some snow. Would you? Yeah. Shut your mouth. To, no, I just a little <laughs> I didn't say I wanted to be like like snowpocalypse. I just want to see some snow. You can drive north <laughs> probably about four hours and see all the snow. I'm you not want. gonna drive anywhere. I just wanna <laughs> see some snow. This is the way we have a southern snowstorm. They tell you it's gonna snow, you wake up, you look for it, it snows a few flakes. If you're really lucky, you might get a little dusting or even an inch. And then the next day the sun comes out and melts it. You remember 2013 though? Is that when Atlanta got shut down with this Yeah. Uh-huh. My friends in Villa Rica like had no power for a week and Oh mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't live here then. I they, lived if in If anyone Denver, wants but... to see something so funny. The f- most funny video in the entire world. It's probably more funny if you were from Atlanta or the South, but it's Saturday Night Live. They did a thing with like on the news of, of Atlanta. It's like called Atlanta Snowpocalypse Saturday Night Live, and it is so funny. Have you seen that? I haven't. I'll have to oh look my God, it up. You got to look it up. Like the guys are Sethery. <laughs> we were the devil's dandruff was coming down. <laughs> my God, it is hilarious because everybody got trapped. He's like, we didn't know what to do, so we went to the safest place we could think of—the interstate. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but I have a friend who teaches in Atlanta. She taught with me in Carrollton, but now she lives in Atlanta, and she got stuck at school with her kids overnight. Well, that's the year before I moved here, and a bunch yeah. of my coworkers got stuck on the interstate here for like 36 hours. I don't think you understand what it would be like to be a teacher stuck at school with your kids overnight. That is quite a different kind of I mean, I wouldn't want to be. Yeah, I would, but they weren't prepared for it. <laughs> so like you're locked in with nothing but your book bag. I mean, you know. Well, we get locked anyway, into the hospital. I could see that. When the weather's bad, they won't let but you go home. y'all have supplies at the hospital. Yeah. You could put on clothes, whatever. There's things there. But at school, uh, I, you wouldn't want to be trapped on the interstate for 36 hours. No. But, no, ice storms are no good. I'm not wishing for those. We had one in 2014 that was awful. We didn't have power for a week. Wow. It was really, really hard. Like, school was closed. And it was right around Valentine's Day because we also, in the middle of it, had an earthquake. Oh, my At, like, gosh. 11 p.m. I don't know why I wasn't in bed. You know I'm always in bed by then. But I was getting ready to get in the bed. And I'm standing. And we had the candles. And all of a sudden, I'm, like, swaying. I'm like, what is wrong with me? It was an earthquake. Huh. 
I didn't so we, know we're that. like, what's coming next? The locusts? Right. I didn't know. Well, now it's time for our weekly good news segment. And this week we have an email from Marsha. She said, hi, I've listened to all of your podcasts and I listen to Jen's IF Stories podcast also. I love both of them. So this happened last week and I hope you will share it sometime on your podcast. My husband was at the gym and he got a phone call. And while most calls are junk, he decided to answer this one. It was a nice lady, maybe a nurse, from Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. She gave him a name and asked if that was his father, and of course he said yes. His dad had been in an assisted living home when he had a bad fall and had to go to the hospital in August of 2015. He died in September of 2015 at the age of 96. This person said they were cleaning out some lockers and they found a watch that had belonged to his dad, And amazingly, it was still running. Graciously, she agreed to mail it to my husband. So now he has this awesome keepsake of his dad and it is still working. I feel this person, and I'm sorry we didn't get a name, went out of her way to track him down and even mail him this precious memento. What exceptional service. I love that. And I also really love that it's Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center in (laughs) Winston-Salem because I went to Wake Forest University. (laughs) And I love Winston-Salem. So that is a great story. Thank you for sharing. And it goes really well with our whole podcast theme today. It does. Too soon. So listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. Before we get to the life lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. And last week, we briefly started our conversation about living cleanish. One of the simplest ways to clean up our lives can be to remove harmful chemicals, fragrances, and preservatives from our makeup and skincare. After years of trying to migrate over to clean makeup and skincare and getting greenwashed along the way by brands that sounded clean but really were not, I finally made the switch to Beauty Counter in 2020. I'm so glad I did. Not only are there cleaners, lotions, and makeup free from harmful or potentially harmful ingredients, they are also working to create change at the government level to ensure that harmful ingredients that are currently banned in Europe are removed from use in the U.S. as well. Since I am cleanish, I pick and choose where I want to focus my energy in cleaning up the products, foods, and cleaners that I use in my home. And quite frankly, if I did not love Beauty Counter's products, and if they didn't improve my skin over time, and if the makeup didn't hold up to 13 to 14 hour days in the ER, I would have stopped using their products a long time ago, but they absolutely work. My skin is clear, bright, and healthier looking in my 40s than it was in my 20s and 30s. I prefer the entire counter timeline, and I love their non-creasing concealer. Some days I'm a full makeup girl and others I simply apply their Glow First Priming Serum over my moisturizer, add a little concealer and mascara and call it good. Never before was my skin clear enough to go without foundation as I had embarrassing brown spots that I felt like I had to cover up. But after a year of using their skincare, those spots are nearly completely faded. If you want to start incorporating their products into your beauty routine, simply visit beautycounter.com forward slash Sherry Bullock or lifelessonscommunity.com forward slash beauty counter. They really are fabulous. I love it. Although I have some zits right now that I don't usually have. It's for my sauna. 
Oh, because you started using your sauna again. Yeah. It's not that I quit, but with Will here, I finally solved the problem of glass doors. Well, first doors. you had construction Is yours glass? People. I did. Is yours glass doors? You have glass doors? Yes. Yours? Yeah. Remember I sent you the picture of my dog staring at me? Oh, that's right. I forgot. I couldn't remember, though. <laughs> now I remember that. But I just don't want to be like, you know, without my clothes on and right. the sauna with the glass doors and Will could come into the garage and there's his mom, you know. Ah. So I've hung up a curtain in there, I finally. So I'm like, okay, now I can yeah, <laughs> be it. secure in there. So, But I think I spent too much time in there because I'm kind of breaking out. Well, I haven't had breakouts in a while. Well, the first two weeks I used mine when I got it, my face broke out. Yep. Like big eruptions. Yeah. Then it cleared up. And that means it's definitely clearing things out. Yep. So that's a good thing. So I'm doing a better job. I don't make New Year's resolutions, but if I had to, it's going to be, I'm going to use this sauna more. I wouldn't say I make resolutions. I make intentions. Yeah, I don't make resolutions. But (laughs) if I were going to make one, this would be one of them because I know it's so good for me. Right. Yeah. Yep. Now it is time for our life lesson of the week. So this week we're going to talk about random acts of kindness. So I belong to several local community Facebook pages for all the little small towns around me. And I love that people give shout outs to, they don't know who did it, but they'll say thank you to whomever paid their drive through order at Jack's this hectic morning while I was trying to get crying kids out the door to school. Or thank you to the person who gave me $20 for gas because I went to get gas on my way to work and I was running late and I realized I didn't have my debit card. Sometimes it's those little things that really can turn a bad day into a great day. In a world where we are inundated with bad news nearly the second it occurs because of the digital age we live in, we thought it'd be fun to spend an hour this week celebrating happy good news from our listeners and leaving you all thinking of ways that you can brighten other people's days through even small gestures. So Jen, did you know that there are scientifically proven benefits of kindness? It doesn't surprise me one single bit. Scientific research has shown that witnessing acts of kindness increases oxytocin, the love hormone. Kindness actually makes our hearts healthier, improves longevity, and makes us feel more optimistic, more energetic, and increases feelings of self-worth. Kindness decreases feelings of pain, stress, depression, and anxiety, as well as blood pressure. Research from Emory University demonstrated that when people showed kindness to another person, the pleasure and reward centers in their brain lights up the same as if you were the recipient of a good deed, and they have dubbed that the helper's high. Additionally, it has been shown that kindness can be taught, and it's true, kindness really is contagious. One good deed can create a domino effect. So we posed a few questions to our community. Share a time or event that you were shown a random act of kindness When this occurred, how did it make you feel? How did it impact your emotions, your day? At a later time, did you pay forward that random acts of kindness? Was it the kindness shown to you that prompted you to show it to another? And share any other thoughts regarding acts of kindness. And we had lots of responses from people that just, this was a fun episode to prepare. You know, it really is. I still remember so many years ago, I was in a Wendy's with Cal and Will when they were little. They were probably like two and three. They were little. And some man that I didn't know came up to me and said, I love your smile. Here's $5. Use it to pay for your meal. Wow. That made such a big impact on me. I'm like, that man liked my smile. I have a good smile. You know, it's those little things, Yeah. you know, that make a difference. I think I texted you and Roxy one day 
Roxy's a friend of ours, and she's actually a moderator in the Life Lessons community group. I was at the grocery store and I had a cart full of groceries and some man walked up to me and his hands were actually full. He had a bouquet of flowers in his hands. And he said, can I help you, you know, load your stuff into your car? I can take your cart when you're done. And I thought his car was parked next to me, like I was blocking his way. And so I'm like, I was like, oh, well, I'm sorry, I'll hurry. And I'm like rushing, hurrying, hurrying. And he just keeps talking to me and put handing me bags out of my car. And when I got done, I thought he was going to get in his car and leave. But no, he walked like 20 cars down and got in a truck and left. He, he was just literally just stopped to help me load my groceries in my car and introduced himself to me. Well, that was nice. And... Like, I don't know. I left. I was, I, number one, I don't like to grocery shop. Number two, it was rush hour in my small town, which means we don't have but like two traffic lights. So <laughs> rush hour is bad. I was crunky and whatever. And then I was just so happy. Like, I absolutely got kind of like a high feeling just from this random man helping me. He didn't have to do that. No, it just really feels good. Although like in a parking lot, it'd be like, get away from me. You're going to throw me in your car and snatch <laughs> me up. No. Actually, I wouldn't. I'd be really friendly because that's just who I am. But listening to you describe it, I'm like, that would make me nervous, but it wouldn't. Well, I he trust told everybody. me his name. He, he was like, hi, I'm so I trust and so. everybody, like and a I golden was, retriever. I right? See, I don't. I'm more weary. So I'm like, <laughs> why is this weird man talking to me? I don't know him. And then he told me his name, and it turns out his brother is my dentist. So yeah, I remember you we said had that. a connection. Yeah. But. In a small town, you are going to probably have connections, aren't you? Yep. Yeah. So Lynn from Georgia shared, I love it when people are extra patient or helpful, especially when I'm having a hard time with something or just a bad day or string of events. It really helps me to know someone cares and wants to make it better for me. Other than trying to always be extra kind and patient with others, especially older people and people with young children, I like the idea of calling them purposeful acts rather than random. Example, when I was still teaching, I'd watch for times when my students or their parents or families really needed some help, like at Christmas time or other times when pressures mounted financially. That's when I'd make a purposeful gift of money or items. It feels like it makes more of a difference than just randomly paying for the next person in line at Starbucks because the person behind me at Starbucks can afford their coffee. I've never really thought of it that way. Terry from New Jersey wrote, I was in my car getting ready to pay for the coffee and donut that I ordered for my husband. The young man at the window told me that the car ahead of me gave him extra money to treat the next car, which was me. I felt touched and it put a smile on my face and gave me a feeling of well-being the rest of the day. That day, I left enough money to treat the next few cars. I now try to remember the kindness of that stranger and treat the person behind me whenever I can. And then the very next day, Terry came back to our form that we had asked people to submit on and she updated her submission and she said the next day I was picking up coffee for my husband and the car in front of me paid for my order so I then paid for the order behind my car she closed by saying the act of kindness benefits the recipient and the giver it sometimes even comes back to you again and again kindness begets kindness so I want to kind of put together what Lynn said and what Terry said like when I was in the classroom like Lynn, you uh -huh. know, they're people with needs. Right. But in my day-to-day -day life now, I don't run across that so much. 
You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, I don't run across people who have, like, needs. I know I was in a coffee shop a few months ago, and there was a, it seemed like maybe a homeless man. This was in Augusta. He uh-huh. had, like, a bag of coins, right? And he was trying to get her to do something with the coins. I don't know what, what but she was like, uh-uh, no. And I was like, would you like a coffee and a pastry? And so I just bought him right one, you know, because he was someone I could tell needed some assistance, and I was there, and I helped him. In the right? moment. In the moment. But... In my day-to-day normally life, I don't really, you know, because I'm like driving in my car, I'm here and there, I'm at the store. Taking that time just to help the person behind you might be the only time you have. Mm -hmm. And maybe they can afford the coffee, but maybe they are having a bad day and this is going to perk them up. Right. There's no right or wrong way to Mm -hmm. sprinkle kindness in the world. You know, I felt good helping that man. We giving him some coffee. I wasn't able to help him. I didn't have any bills. I couldn't change out his coins, whatever he needed. But I was able to help him in a small way. But paying for someone behind you that, yes, maybe they can afford it, but maybe they've had a bad day. So I just yeah. wanted to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. It's very meaningful to help the people that you're that you know need your help. Right. But maybe that other person needs brightening. Yeah. Well, like I'm reminded of the lady in the town who said her kids were being awful. She was stressed out. She's running late. She's trying to get them to school. She's trying to, like she said, I don't normally go through the drive-thru on the way to school, but I needed to feed my kids. And then she got up to the window and they said, hey, the car in front of you bought your breakfast. And, you know, what a way just to turn around somebody's whole yeah morning. Now they walk into work with a smile on their face instead of, feeling stressed and you know as a mom you're like oh my gosh I'm failing at this or whatever and it's really easy you know like I was at the post office the other day and there's this little kid little tiny boy and he held the door open for me and I told his mom I'm like you are doing such a good job raising a respectful son mm-hmm. you know it took me one second to say that to right her. and cost you nothing cost me nothing so I try to do that you know in, in all the encounters that I have you're such an encourager. Well, I try. Just I'm a teacher. That's I know. It comes natural to you. <laughs> it does come naturally to me, but it makes such a difference. You know, and that little boy probably is going to remember that too, mm-hmm. you know. All right, so Kendall shared there are so many times I have been shown a kindness that it's hard to pick one. And I love that. That is fabulous. She said, but for some reason, this one came to mind. I was a Peace Corps volunteer serving in Botswana, Africa. We weren't allowed to have a vehicle and had to hitchhike places. Oh, that sounds like yikes. scary. I know. <laughs> Hello, Peace Corps, please hitchhike. No, I hope they're not doing that anymore. Anyway, she says, I was at the Zimbabwe border and needed to get back to my village in southern Botswana. This would have normally meant lifts from multiple people and a very long day. As I stood in the line to have my passport checked, I got to talking to the folks behind me. They were on their way to Soweto, which meant we were headed the same way for a good bit of the journey. They offered me a ride, which I gratefully accepted. We shared food, stories, and laughter. When we got to the point where my village was, to the west, and they were continuing south, they insisted on driving me all the way to my hut, quite out of their way. This was many years ago, and to this day, I remember how it made me feel, and it makes me smile. Okay, now I'm going to try to say this, so I'm sorry, anyone who knows what this really is. Ray Tla Boladisa, they told me, we will accompany you. After my Peace Corps service ended, I stayed on in Botswana for another 18 months. I was able to take my savings and buy a truck. If someone needed a lift and I had an empty space, I would stop and pick them up. I have since found many different ways to accompany folks on the journey and am grateful for the hospitality and lessons I experienced during my three and a half years in Botswana. 
whether they are big or small, acts of kindness are a way we pause for one another and show folks that we see the load they are carrying and we help lighten the burden. I love that. So I guess I'm viewing this through like, you know, an American like, oh my gosh, hitchhiking sounds so dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? It it doesn't sound like they have a different feel there, right? It sounds like it. Sounds different. My niece was in the Peace Corps in China. You knew that, right? I told you yes. that before. Uh-huh. She was actually there when the pandemic started. Yes, I do remember that. And she was like right there and had to, they had to like get her out of China. Yes. She loved it. She loved being in the Peace Corps and she loved the work that she did. Debbie shared, recently I received a message from the son of one of my mother's college friends. He had seen my name in my 93-year-old mother's obituary, and he offered to send me transcriptions of portions of his mother's journals that recounted conversations that the two young women had during their Second World War, so his mother and her mother. My mother's fiancé had been shot down over France and killed in the waning days of the war, and I'm hoping these papers shed some light on that horrific time. This kind and random gesture on this gentleman's part touched me deeply. It demonstrated that he understood the importance of connecting me with my beloved mother through the word of his mother. I was surprised, comforted, grateful, and excited by his thoughtfulness. I always try to anticipate how I can lighten the load of the grieving or surprise someone with an unexpected gesture of kindness. This way of thinking was a gift my mother gave me, which makes the act of kindness I described even more meaningful. Kindness costs nothing and means everything. I am probably plagiarizing, but I cannot think of a better way to define that. There is far too little random kindness in the world today. That is beautiful. Yeah, because really I mean, also, she's going to get to see a side of her mother she'd never seen before, mm-hmm. you know, because we just, you know, think of our parents as being fully formed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because that's how we've always known them. But sometimes you don't always know the little pieces of the puzzle that made them who they are. They're real people. Yeah, they are people just like us. Our parents are so. Wow, what a very special gift. All right, Patty from Michigan. Patty, I'm also going to give you a super thumbs up for showing, telling me exactly how to pronounce it. Because <laughs> I've heard people say it now that you... I think we stumbled over this when we had our like episode on places to visit, vacations. The, the, the Mackinac Bridge, <laughs> which I probably would have said Mackinac. Uh-huh. I probably I'm would. sure the I did. The Mackinac Bridge sounded like a hick <laughs> from Georgia. <laughs> But she told me to pronounce it Mackinac. But we say things weird here in Georgia that are not like you would expect. You ever been to Tolliver County? I have not. If you go down I-20, you'll see Tolliver County, but it looks like Talaferro. Oh, gosh. But you say Tolliver. See? You never. Anyway, thank you, Patty, for putting the pronunciation guide. I love it. So she says, last summer, the car in front of me on the Mackinac Bridge paid my fare. It's only $4, but that made my day. It made me feel like I wanted to do for someone else. Gave me a smile all morning. Of course, I paid that random act of kindness forward. On my way home crossing the Mackinac Bridge, random acts of kindness are contagious. I also want to say, everybody, probably, like, next time I see it, I'll still say Mackinac. I'll forget. (laughs) Because I had to look back again to say it the second time. It just doesn't flow. Well, and if it's not something you see and yeah. pronounce and hear, then you're going to say it like you read it. Mackinac. Oh, yep. Anyway, that was <laughs> like the Affleck, Affleck duck. Oh, my gosh. Now I've cemented the wrong way into my mind. That's the problem. 
you know, rehearsal, we learn in, in the educational field, rehearsal, you know, repeating right. something over and over makes it permanent. So, you know, the saying practice makes perfect. Yes. Well, that's wrong. Perfect practice makes perfect is really. Oh, yeah. I, I heard that one time. If you practice it wrong, you're going to remember it wrong. Yes. So perfect practice makes perfect anyway. That's why you don't like, you don't give third graders a sheet of a hundred math problems to do and say, do them. Because if they're doing it wrong the, the first, whole time, yeah. that's why you give them one uh-huh. and then look at it. And if it's wrong, you can fix it and correct it. And that's like, now go do another one. Before they cement a bad Before habit. Before they cement a bad habit. Like if you're teaching them to regroup across zeros or something, they get to do one at a time until they prove they can do it. Then you might let them do three. Oh. Then you let them do five. Wow. Yeah, it's a little teacher gen coming for you. All right. <laughs> I just learned something new. Yeah. Brenda from Georgia wrote, I am a senior widow, and my lawn maintenance man just raised his prices, causing me to have to look elsewhere. But I came home one day in the August heat to find my front and backyard cut, the tree trimmed, and the front porch pressure washed. All done by my next door neighbor, who I hadn't even met yet. He refused any money, and he has kept my yard cut ever since. I was overwhelmed with gratitude. I cried. I am very thankful to have such a caring neighbor. I've always helped others, but now I'm at an age where I'm not much help. I am a great listener, though. Someone always needs help. If you can't help them physically, then just be there for them, because loneliness is a sad thing. Oh, that's a beautiful story, Brenda. Thank you for sharing it. Let's take care of our neighbors. Yeah. Yeah, they need you. All right, Tracy from Wisconsin shares, about three years ago, I was taking our daughters to their first concert. It was One Direction, and the girls, aged 8 and 10 at the time, had been listening to every CD on repeat, so they were very excited. But as a family with two teachers as parents, we had seats way up high. I managed to get front row, but still way up high in the stadium. Just as we sat down in our seats, a random man came up to us with tickets for the floor. He had bought them for his girls, high school aged, but they ended up not able to come and he wanted someone who would appreciate them to use them. So my kids' first concert was very memorable and they could have reached out to touch the performers. It was very nice and I'll never forget the kindness of that man who could have just sat in the row with his other daughter and had empty seats next to him, but instead shared with us. At first, I honestly was a bit skeptical. I mean, I was with my two daughters, but my husband wasn't there, so I was a bit nervous to talk to this stranger. Once the wristbands checked out, it was so great to be able to share that experience with my daughters. As far as paying it forward, I don't think I'll ever be able to afford three extra tickets to the floor of a sold-out show, but I have bought $50 grocery store gift cards a few times and handed them to the cashier to use whenever someone is a bit short, and we always try to do little things for others throughout the year. It makes my day a bit brighter to know that something my family has done has lessened the burden for someone else. And, you know, I love that idea. If someone is rude to the cashier in front of you, that you, like, buy her a little something. Yeah. And just be like, here, this is for you. One of our good news things, somebody bought flowers for their cashier or something. Now, that just brought back that memory. Their cashier was having a bad day or something, and she brought her a bouquet of flowers that's great yeah just little things can really turn around somebody's day emily wrote in the summer of 2020 my family and i were on a five-day canoeing and camping trip in minnesota's boundary waters 
We are by no means experts in either of these activities, but we were comfortable following the route that our outfitter had mapped out for us. And luckily my husband can read a map and use a compass. On our last full day of paddling, we were trying to cover a lot of ground so that on our final day, when the hot and sunny weather was supposed to turn cool and rainy, we would have fewer miles to paddle. As we moved across the many different lakes in the area, we would occasionally have to portage our canoes and gear across land, usually a couple hundred yards or less. That involved us carrying our gear, our food, and our canoes on tiny trails in the woods to get from one lake to the other. I can't carry a canoe, so we all had to do two trips with my husband carrying a canoe on his shoulders each time, while my kids and I carried everything else, tent, sleeping bags, clothes, paddles, life jackets. That day, we had one really long portage, at least a third of a mile, which doesn't sound like a lot until you have a canoe on your shoulders and the paths are covered in roots and loose rocks and your field of vision is obscured from the canoe you're carrying. It can feel like an eternity. We had been dreading this long portage, but when we finally reached it, we didn't have much choice but to start carrying our stuff to the next lake. As we walked back to the remaining pile of gear after our first trip, we saw a Boy Scout troop heading in the opposite direction. Then we realized that the gear that they had looked familiar. While our paddling route led us from point A to point B, they were going from point B to point A. So they used their trip back to their pile of gear when they'd normally be empty-handed to carry all of our remaining stuff, and they made it look so easy. They were so polite and good-natured, and I will never forget Boy Scout Troop 999 of Colorado for their generosity. It made our longest day of paddling so much easier, and during that awful COVID summer was a wonderful reminder that there are still good people in the world. We were so touched and impressed both by their act of kindness and the fact that it seemed like it would never have occurred to this troop to do anything but carry our gear for us. I often think of not only the Boy Scouts, but those troop leaders who are teaching and shaping these young people in such profound ways for absolutely no pay, just the satisfaction of knowing that they are passing down values that contribute to a better community. Somewhat related, but ever since I did several Trans-Pacific flights, like a 24-hour-plus trip involving three flights, alone with two very little kids, I'm always looking for ways to help parents with their kids and or gear when they are traveling. Wherever I am able to help, whether it's in a minor way, but at the time and to the harried parents, it can make a stressful minute so much easier. After the Boy Scouts helped us so tremendously, I always think of both the impact that their help had on us and how they perceived the effort. I wonder if they ever thought about it again or if they did that several times a day while they were out on their paddling trip. And if I am ever in a position to return that favor to the universe... Which is doubtful, as my younger child has declared that we are never doing a long canoeing trip again. (laughs) I hope that I will not hesitate to pick up someone else's gear and start carrying it. I love that. I do, too. And you you don't have to do the same thing on a canoeing trip. You just help them in another way. Yep. Love it. So Jane from Wisconsin says, I once had a boss who did this every Christmas, so I now do it with my kids. I buy them gift cards to give to random strangers, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's, whatever. Then they report back in a group text who they did it for and how it made them feel. It makes me feel full of happiness and gratitude so that I can do this for others. That's so fun. She turns her kids into little elves. I love that. Yep. Sophie wrote, I returned from work one day to find that my husband had vacuumed the whole house and cooked dinner, fed the animals, and mowed the lawn. I gave him a special mince pie as a thank you. 
Kindness can be just about acknowledging someone on a platform, a school group, answering a question, offering to do something to help someone, assisting in some way, listening, encouraging and showing true authentic support, like in our private DDD community group, for instance. So much kindness being shared, kind words and helpful tips shared, hardships expressed. We are all in it together because life can be hard. And just a few words can make all the difference to a person. Allow someone to express their vulnerability instead of hiding in shame and resentment. It's about connection and it enables connection. So thank you for sharing that, Sophie, because Jen and I both are believers in the power of community and sharing and supporting one another. We're thrilled that the DDD community is quickly becoming that place for people. Yeah. You know, you know that it's become community when people start sharing things that are not about fasting. Right. Yeah, they're like, this really hard thing happened to me today, and I want to tell you about it. Mm -hmm. And it's not about fasting, but they just need to talk to someone. They can unburden their troubles, and they get so much loving support back. Yep, that's the power of community. You know, I love it. So we're, we're more than just intermittent fasting support. And if you go to jenstevens.com slash community, you can find the link to the community. So here is one from someone who would like to remain anonymous. She said, in 2018, my father, 89, was admitted to a hospital about 40 minutes away from our home. I needed a place to stay nearby so that my mother, age 88, could have somewhere to rest in between visits. I found a place on a commercial short-term rental website, but was unable to book the place for the same night. I ended up contacting the owners directly, and they were wonderful. They accommodated us the very same night. They brought us fresh scones and jam to enjoy. We had two nights, and then they had a previous booking. They contacted me at the end of that booking and said that they had blocked off the following week so that the place could be available to us. My sister and her husband joined us as it became evident that a family member would need to be with my dad 24-7 after he fell out of his bed in the hospital. We stayed at their rental home for almost two weeks, and at the end, they refused to take any money from us only asking for the cleaning fee. My sister tried to send them an e-transfer, but they refused it. The couple who owned the home said they had gone through end-of-life care with one of their parents a few months prior, and they just wanted to bring some ease to another family going through the same thing. Dealing with our father's end-of-life care while helping our mother through it was beyond overwhelming, as I'm sure many listeners know. This incredible act of kindness from strangers was an unbelievable gift to us, and it is a beautiful, bright ribbon of hope entwined in the emotional story of the end of my father's life. All we could do is express our gratitude for their incredible generosity and wonder at the goodness in the world, even in dark times. Just over a year later, a boy from another country arrived in my class. He and his sister and parents were refugees, and the family arrived with very little. It was hard for a boy in grade 8 in our culture to have no friends, a language barrier, and no technology to speak of at home. For Christmas, I was able to purchase two tablets from Amazon and have them given to the children anonymously so that they could connect with other students and use them for research and entertainment. I think that the extreme kindness shown to me the previous year mitigated the cultural norm against spending a fair amount of money on one student in my class. I felt free to give generously, secure in the knowledge that they would never know where the gifts came from. I've had my lunch paid for at Tim Hortons a few times, and I've paid that forward. These little acts of kindness feel like a magical manifestation of goodness in the world. That's made me 
really tear up when I was writing that. So yeah, I was having a hard time. I had to give you that one, Jen. (laughs) I was having a hard time. I would have been sobbing, pinching my arm and trying to not be crying because that was very emotional. Yeah, that's a very hard time when my brother was in the hospital in Houston in his final weeks of his life. You know, we were flying back and forth. We lived in Kansas City at the time, and my parents went down there and they had no intention of leaving until right he either came home or didn't. I reached out to distant family and I knew that they had had an RV because their kids did competitive motocross and they lived in Texas. And I, you know, explained the situation to what's going on. And they drove the RV to Houston, put it in a park where it could be parked. And my parents were able to stay in it. And, you know, I'm sure it didn't seem like a lot to him, but it made all the difference to my parents. Yeah. So well, I'm, I'm going to cry. No, I know. <laughs> but it's those things that mean so much, whether it's, you know, the traditional things we do, like taking dinner to someone who just had a new baby or someone who right. just bought a new house. Those things are important. I still remember, you know, when I had Cal and my school just showered me with mm-hmm. with meals for nights. Right. And it, it meant so much to know that I was loved and cared for. Yeah. And the people who owned that home, they didn't have to do that, you know. Right. They didn't. No. I mean, they're in the business of renting houses, right? In the moment, I'm sure they were just like, oh, you know, they'd experienced this recently and they thought, how can I help? And that was their way of, of helping. That's beautiful. So I love that so much. Diane from Tucson. She wrote, many times over the years, customers would drop by flowers, fresh breads, and any number of gifts. They always made me feel special. It was such an uplifting event, and I wanted to share that feeling with others. So I started painting rocks and found that people really loved them. I started randomly gifting the rocks without letting anyone know it was me. New neighbor in the hood, I'd hide a welcome rock near their front door. We have a bike path in Tucson, which is extremely popular and widely used. Almost daily, my husband and I ride, and we leave rocks along the way in hopes of making someone smile or even making their day. And as we travel across the country, we leave positive quote rocks in all the rest areas. During COVID, I hid them in the park because the traditional egg hunt had been called off. The recipient can keep them or hide them again for someone else to find while sharing kindness everywhere. People want to buy them, but I only take donations to purchase more stones and supplies. I've been doing this for a couple of years now, and so many people have approached me to learn. I've held classes now to teach others so that we can share even more kindness around the world. I love that idea. That is a fun idea. Have you ever seen people doing that in your community, the little painted rocks? They were big here. No, not here. I don't think that I really think it ever was 2017 it was going on here. Like I was still teaching and I retired in 2018. So 2017 to 2018, people were painting the rocks and hiding them around Augusta. We had a member of the DDD community who sent me two rocks that she painted. She was into painting rocks and she was disabled and she couldn't work anymore. You know, she had limited mobility and that was something she could do and a way that she could connect with her community, which I thought was really fun. You know, I still have a rock that a student painted for me. I mean, you know, it's, I love the little painted rocks. There's yeah. just something about them. Yeah. So Brianne shared while putting groceries in my car at Costco one sunny day, A complete stranger walked up to me with a big bouquet of white carnations and simply said, these are for you, and walked away. This was at least six years ago, and I still remember it clearly to this day. 
For one, I was so proud of myself for just thanking her and not asking questions. But the rest of that day, and in countless moments since then, I think about that moment, and it inspires me regularly to pay it forward. The rest of that day, I went out of my way to leave generous tips and give compliments and extra big smiles everywhere I went. Ever since then, I've been working towards random acts of kindness being a regular part of my day. I do truly believe that the point of these things is not to get recognition for them, but just to let them be the small miracles in someone's day. Be the light in someone's life rather than using it to get likes on social media. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm not going to do it and then share it, right? Right. <laughs> Well, you I mean, do it. You could do it and share how good it made you feel. You could in an inspiring could. way. Yeah, not in a look at me, I'm so wonderful way. Yep, yep, exactly. Like intent is everything. Well, that's true, and you know that is one really easy thing to do is leaving an extra good tip. Mm-hmm. I've become more proactive in that. I order Instacart to- on Christmas mm-hmm. Eve. No, the eve of Christmas Eve. And I didn't need very much stuff, but it was stuff like I was like, I don't want to go to the store. I've been sick. And I was like, it's going to be a madhouse. I just don't even want to take my jammies off and do it. But like I was out of dish detergent. It's like I can't go four days without dish detergent. And I kept forgetting to buy it. So I put a little Instacart order together and it wasn't a lot. But this girl was so like thorough and good. And she texted me and that when she brought me my stuff to my house, I like adjusted her tip and sent her an extra $20 just because I thought, you know, she's out here on the eve of Christmas Eve yeah. doing something I Hustling. don't want to do. Yeah. And I could tell from her little profile picture she had kids. Yeah. And so, yeah, it just made me feel good. And I'll never connect with her again, I'm sure. But it was but just. But it felt great. It was, it yeah, felt I love that sort of it thing. It felt like the right yeah. thing to do. Yep. So Jennifer from Los Angeles says, donating my kidney to a dear friend from college at first felt like a one-way act of kindness, but over the years, it has grown so many other arms and legs of kindness pointed in my direction that it has created an ongoing cycle of life and love that seems to not have a beginning or end. It's like the little recycle logo of those three arrows that bend to create a circle. His return acts of kindness have in turn saved my life, too. How have his acts of kindness made me feel? Loved. Quite simply, seen, heard, and loved. I continue to pay my life forward. That little recycle logo, though, is planted on my heart, and I'm a changed person who will always find a way to help. The only thing I love now is more anonymity. I prefer finding ways to help people anonymously. I see in my near-adult children their own wonder and respect for acts of kindness, and we often discuss how kindness looks a hundred different ways. You never know how or when you'll be called upon to act. Sarah from, I'm going to say this is Reading in the UK. I think that it is. She said, my story is about me showing a random act of kindness and how it made me feel. I was on the train to London and two women were chatting. One of them was on the way to the hospital for a scan for breast cancer. She was really nervous, not only about the possible threat of cancer, but also just about how to get to the hospital, what route she should take as she wasn't familiar with the London underground system. At the time, both my mom, sister, and business partner were undergoing treatment for breast cancer. And so this lady's worries really made me think about how they felt as they traveled for their treatments. So when we arrived at the end of the line, and as we were all getting up to leave, I gave them 20 pounds and said, don't worry about the tube, just get yourself a taxi to the hospital. I'd like to think that if it had been my mom or sister, someone else might just have done the same for them. 
It made me very reflective. It made me hope that I might have made a very scared lady's day slightly easier. It also prompted me to call both my mom and sister to see how they were doing and very grateful that they both had husbands and friends close to them who were supporting them in their journey. Oh, that's a great story. All right, Pam from Texas shares, I was newly single with not many pennies to rub together. I had a funky old Subaru with over 300,000 miles on it. It was dying, and I was just willing it to keep going a little longer till I'd get my feet under me. Both my brothers worked at a Subaru dealership, one as a mechanic and one in sales. One of them asked me to stop into the dealership, which was nothing out of the ordinary. When I got there, the receptionist told me he was in the shop, so I headed out there. Both my brothers were there along with several of the mechanics I knew. There was a Subaru similar to mine but much happier looking with a huge red bow on it. For me, it had come in and trade and the owner of the dealership told my brother he could have it for a super low price. Several members of my family had chipped in to gift it to me. Being a big feeler of emotions, I naturally cried buckets. I was going through so much trying to learn how to be on my own that I hadn't really let my biggest fears get to the surface. Those were tears of gratitude, relief, and honestly, surprise. I am always the giver, a role I take on gladly and wholeheartedly. And though I never give with a thought of reciprocation, it's nice for me to be on the receiving end on occasion. When it happens, it tends to bowl me right over. Long term, of course, having a safer car helped me continue working on my bright new future. I am not, and probably never will be, in a position to gift someone a car. But as I had for most of my adult life, I try to pay it forward whenever I can in my own ways. It takes so little to randomly show kindness, and it's becoming more important with each passing day. Such small things as holding the door for someone, buying a donation meal at your grocery store, or gifting a coffee to the person behind you in line can start a beautiful ripple. Remember how you felt when you were the receiver of such a gift and strive to deliver that feeling to your fellow humans once in a while. That's beautiful. That really is. Lori wrote, When I was a young single mother, still quite traumatized by the situation I'd found myself in, I decided to venture out of my comfort zone a bit. I wanted to do something nice for me and my boys, who were then about four and six. We didn't often go out to eat at a restaurant that wasn't fast food, but I decided that we should treat ourselves to a nice dinner at a local seafood restaurant. As we sat in the booth, I couldn't really relax and enjoy our dinner. Always cognizant of how kids in a restaurant can spoil the mood for other diners, I was worried about the boys being too loud or too active. The younger one had a hard time sitting still and kept slipping under the table, and I kept telling him in a hushed but firm tone to stay in his seat. As we were finishing up, I saw the middle-aged couple at the booth on the other side of ours get up to leave. As they passed our table, the woman stopped, smiled at the boys, then turned to me, smiled, and said, Your children are so well-behaved, you should be very proud. The boys just beamed. I nearly burst into tears when I thanked her or for her comment. I think she could tell how much it meant, although I wasn't able to convey that verbally. It seems like a simple thing, but this has stuck with me for 27 years. It meant so much to a struggling mother who felt she was out of control and failing at life to hear a compliment like that. It gave perspective and a sense of pride. At the same time, it gave me a much needed reminder that I needed to lighten up a little bit. Since that day, I have always made it a point to show support for parents who look like they are overwhelmed or not appreciating the big picture. Sometimes it's a comment and sometimes it's just a smile or a nod but I want parents of young children to know that others understand that it's not easy 
and they are doing just fine. Yeah, I think so. I was always like her, hyper aware of my children climbing out of the booth. Right. Than mine. I'd be like, get off uh, the floor. <laughs> In that voice where you're not moving your lips, you're like, get up, you know. Yeah. Others are, are seeing that you're doing a good job. Like that lady at the post office, her son held the door for me. Yeah. You know, hopefully she'll remember that 27 years now from now. I don't know. But I loved today's episode. Yeah. Makes your heart feel full. Yep. Before we get to the listener-led lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast, and that is LifePro. And today, since we were talking about random acts of kindness, I want to talk about this company that we have an affiliate relationship with because they often partake in random acts of kindness. You know, by now you all know that Jen and I are huge fans of whole body vibration plate therapy, and we had one of the founders, Joel, on the podcast with us for episode seven to discuss that product specifically, but they have so many other great products, and their goal is to help people live full lives free from pain and disease, gain strength and function after injury or surgery. And when we decided to do a vibration plate giveaway to community members, Joel stepped in and offered to provide prizes to three different community members. Those winners received either a mini vibration plate or the new Visacure LED light therapy mask that has many beneficial uses. They have fabulous customer service. And on the odd chance that customer service drops the ball, I have personally seen Joel jump into conversation on their Facebook page and personally handle any issues that have come up. They have a true desire to help others and give back to the community. When you own one of their products, you can join their private community where all members are randomly given opportunities to do product testing and leave reviews for new and upcoming products. You know that Jen and I have a passion for helping others and for promoting companies that have great customer service, and we feel lucky to be partners with LifePro and bring their great products to our listeners at a discount. You can learn more about what they have to offer at lifelessonscommunity.com forward slash lifepro. And don't forget to use the discount code lifelessons at checkout. You know, it really is true. We have a product that Joel sent to us. It's the little massager thing, Uh the deep tissue massager. And I had another one that I got that was like, I swear, it was like a $700 one that I got from something with Intermittent Fasting Podcast. They sent it to me. And that just stayed up in the in the cabinet. But this one that Joel sent to me, I mean, I'm sure it is a fraction of the cost of this really expensive one. And Chad uses it like all the time. You know, he had a little injury to his back uh-huh. a year ago, I yeah. guess. And he gets on the vibration plate. He uses the little massager, and it really helps relieve the pain that he's got. And the prices are just so very good for Life Pro. That's why I wanted to bring that up. The really expensive one, we're not using that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're using the one from LifePro. Yeah. And the prices are so much better. Anyway. And they have a lifetime warranty on their products. I mean, what companies do that? They're just good customer service. Yeah. So now it's time for our listener-led lesson. And today's listener-led lesson comes from Melanie. She says, we just made it through the holidays. And while gift giving is still on everyone's mind, I wanted to bring up the most important gift of all, the gift of life through organ donation. There are currently over 106,000 people waiting on life-saving organ transplants. Four years ago, one of them was my father. He was in end-stage renal failure for many years, and none of the family was a match for him. Due to him having a rare blood type, it took even longer to find a match. On April 2nd of 2017, my family received the call that they had a potential match. Four years later, at the age of 73, he's surviving, thriving, and stronger than he has ever been. 
We are so grateful for his donor. Please consider becoming a donor. You can save up to eight lives, give two people the gift of sight with cornea donations, or help up to 75 more people with tissue donation. Thank you, Melanie, for sharing that. That is a cause that is near and dear to my heart. My brother was a multi-organ transplant recipient. So at the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. Today's quote comes from Jackie. It's a quote by Henry David Thoreau. It's go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Live the life you've imagined. She said, I found this quote nearly 20 years ago in a high school English lit class. We had to pick a quote from a list from various poets, and this one instantly stuck out. It has served as a wonderful reminder that in order to have the life I dream of, I must pursue it. My life is what I make of it. I love that. You really do have to pursue it, right? Yeah. It's not going to come to you. Do the things. Yeah. (laughs) All right, listeners, thank you for joining us today. I loved this episode. It was like just a good news segment on steroids, one after the (laughs) other. And I, I needed it today. So make sure to join our Facebook community. It's called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It gets automatically downloaded. By the way, if you notice it's not automatically downloaded one week, Maybe try a different podcast app. Some podcast apps sometimes don't have like certain things from time to time. So anyway, try different apps if you need to. We put one out every Wednesday. We would also love for you to leave a review on iTunes so that we can reach others. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you want to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.